Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us hear the word of God as we find it written back in the Old Testament, the book of Proverbs, chapter 22, the sixth verse. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Good morning, dear friends in Christ Jesus, the Christ of Christian mothers. I hope you are glad that you are here in God's house this morning. I hope that as we worship our Lord together, uh, that we will be nourished and we will be edified uh, by his word. As you know, today is the second Sunday in May, and in our country, this Sunday has been set apart, and it is called Mother's Day. I notice that some of you have the privilege this morning of having your mothers with you in church. You are to be congratulated. The word of God that I just read is very appropriate for this Sunday, Mother's Day. We find God saying in his word, a train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Christian mothers, God will speak to you through his word this morning. And he is calling to you as Christian mothers. He is pleading with you. He is asking you, train up your child, train up your children in the way in which they should go. Bring them up in the way in which you want them to go and the way they ought to go. Keep teaching them. Keep absolutely telling them. Keep indoctrinating them. Keep instructing them in the way they ought to go. And you may rather be surprised, Christian mothers, this morning to say, you mean God is challenging me as a Christian mother? that I am to train up my child in the way he should go? You mean that God is saying, keep at it and don't stop for a moment. Keep drilling, keep training, keep teaching, keep instructing, keep telling your child, your children, in the way in which they ought to go. And you may say, God, what's the use? Does it do any good? You may look out on this world today and you may say, look at the youth problem we have in our nation this morning. You may say from a frustrated heart or a broken heart, God, you mean to say that I am to keep training my child, my children, in the way in which they ought to go? And you may say, why? What does it accomplish? What good does it do? Where is there any benefit in training and keeping on instructing and keeping on telling my children in the way in which they ought to go? May I say, Christian mothers, I can well understand why today you may feel like that. You may feel just all washed up. You may feel so frustrated. You may say, I don't see that it does any good. I don't see any benefit. I don't see that it accomplishes anything. But may I remind you that God, in calling upon you as Christian mothers, to keep on training, keep on bringing them up in the way in which they ought to go. And God has this cheering promise. God says, and when they're old, they will not depart from it. Christian mothers, when your children grow up, God says, they will not turn their backs on the way. 
You may say this morning and say it from a heart that is filled and frustrated, can I believe that promise of God? Can I believe God's promise that if I keep on training and I keep on instructing and I keep on teaching my children the way that I can be chaired by this promise that when they grow up they will not turn their backs on this way? Is that promise true? Is it reliable? Can I believe it? And I'd like to give you this comfort and this encouragement, Christian friends, especially you mothers, that God's promise is true. Because in the first place, God would remind you, Christian mothers, of this, that training your children in the way in which they ought to go means this, to train them in the way of Christ. You may say, what way am I to train them in? One day Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Christian mothers, could there be any question as to the way in which you are called upon by God to train your children? Jesus said, you train them in me as the way. Bring them to Christ in holy baptism and then start the job of teaching, of training, and keep it up and don't stop and train and instruct and don't stop in the way of Christ. Tell them as soon as they are able to understand about Jesus. Tell them about him being God's son who came into this world. Tell them the Christmas story, how he was born in Bethlehem. Tell them the story of Calvary, how he went to the cross and died for our sins. Tell them the story of Easter, how he arose from the dead. Tell them the story of ascension, how he went back to heaven. Tell them the story that he's coming back. Tell them the story that by faith and trust in him, because he died for our sins on the cross, that in him they have heaven and they have eternal life. That's the way God says, train up your children in the way in which they should go. And you may say, will this do any good? Can I believe that when then they grow up and they become old, that they will not turn their backs on this way? You can be reasonably assured because, Christian mothers, when you keep on training and instructing and drilling and telling them about the way of Christ, what are you doing? You are developing in your children an early habit. You are making it second nature in their lives. You are putting grooves, good grooves, holy grooves on their soul. You are putting grooves on their soul as habit that again there is a frequent and a daily communion and communication with that Christ, their Lord. Always you tell them about Jesus, you teach them prayers, don't you? You tell them how to talk to him. And from you they learn how to talk. And these are the prayers that come in the early Christian life. And then you develop habit. Oh, I know we use the word habit so often in an evil sense. And we say avoid habit. But listen, there is a tremendous habit that is a good habit. And that is the early habit that when you Christian mothers, you groove the souls of your children. And again, in a connection, in a communion with Jesus Christ, that it becomes second nature in their life. That it becomes as natural as breathing. That every day there is again a time when they talk to their Lord. There is a companionship. There is a feeling by the very force of habit that you have developed that they turn to him and they talk to him. And let me tell you, a child that grows up, that has had on its soul holy grooves of a habit, 
to turn to his Lord in prayer and to talk to him every day is a child that isn't liable to turn its back on Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It is written in the word of God that Daniel was just a little boy when Nebuchadnezzar came to Jerusalem and destroyed the city and carried the Jews into captivity and Daniel was a little boy when he was carried down there. But we are told that in that heathen country of Babylon, Daniel three times a day opened the window and he turned to the west and he looked to Jerusalem and he prayed because that was his custom. That was his habit. Daniel must have had a wonderful mother. She put grooves, holy grooves in his soul, on his heart, that again, three times every day, there was a time when he prayed to his God. And when your child, your children, Christian mothers, when they have holy grooves in their souls, that there is a daily and frequent communication with their Lord, that child, those children, are not very apt to turn their back on Jesus. And that's why today I would challenge you as God calls to you and says, listen, Christian mothers, train up your child in the way in which he should go. Keep on instructing. Keep on, don't stop. Keep on telling them. Keep on teaching them that you would heed that cry of God because God says it does do some good. You are building habits holy habit that it becomes second nature. It becomes just like again as natural as breathing in your children to turn to Jesus Christ and therefore you ought to determine to begin the day. You say, when should I begin? You may say, what should I do? And I know some of you sophisticated mothers may say to me, as some say, don't you think it's wiser that you ought to wait until the child can choose for himself? I'd like to ask you Christian mothers a question. Do you believe that the only way to heaven is Jesus Christ? Do you really believe with all your heart and soul that there is no other name under heaven whereby a man can be saved? Do you believe that only in Jesus Christ is a man saved and that apart from him a man is lost? Do you believe it? Then why would you ever want to wait until your child grows up and give him a choice? Do you do it with the multiplication table? Do you say to your child, now you can grow up and have any multiplication table you want? Do you still believe that 9 times 9 equals 81? Or that 8 times 6 is 54? Do you believe that 2 and 2 make 4? Do you say to your child, now you can grow up and have your own multiplication table? Of course you don't. Do you say to your child, C-A-T spells cat, and you don't spell it any other way? Or you can grow up and have your own way? You don't do that, do you? And I ask you, pray God, why are there some others that say, I'm going to let them grow up? Did you ever talk to a child that was allowed to grow up until he could make his own choice? I've had him cry in my office and say, you don't know what it means to grow up in a home where you've never heard a prayer. You've never heard Jesus Christ mentioned. If you believe with all your heart that Jesus Christ is the way, get going today. Then you can have this joy, Christian mothers, that you're playing the greatest role that God ever gave to a woman barring none. It's still true that the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. It's an old cliche, but it's true. The role of motherhood, you're the greatest teacher your child will ever have. Be the best one. God made children that, again, they are open with open hearts to the things of religion, the spiritual things. They love stories of Jesus Christ. Tell them a lot about him. Put some holy grooves on their souls. 
so that, again, when they grow up, they'll not be apt to turn away. Play your role well. You may say this morning, you look out on a world and say, look at this world. You may say, I'm frustrated. Does it do any good? Does it accomplish anything? I'm ready to quit. I'm ready to say, oh, what's the use? And to throw it all away. And God says to you through his word, listen, Christian mothers, train up your children in the way in which they should go. Keep on. Keep on telling them. Keep on instructing them. Keep on indoctrinating them. Keep on teaching them. Don't stop. And you may say, what good is it? Do God says, it does this good when they grow up. If you do it, they won't depart from the way. You may say, can I believe that promise? It's in the word of God. Yes, you can believe that promise, that if again you keep on training, you keep on doing the job that God gave you to do, that again God says, when they grow up, they are not going to turn their backs on the way because in the second place God reminds you Christian mothers that again training them up in the way of the Lord, it means this, to train them in this way to be obedient to you. In simple language, you train them that they mind you. You train those children that they do what you tell them to do. You may say, is that the way of God? Did you ever hear the fourth commandment? I'm sure you have. Thou shalt honor thy father and thy mother, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. Have you ever wondered why in the commandments, the first commandment that deals with man's relationship to his fellow man goes into the home, and it says, Honor thy father and thy mother, be obedient. Have you ever realized, Christian mothers, that you stand as Christ's proxy in your home? You are there as the visible evidence of Jesus Christ. And God says, This is the way you train your children to do what you tell them to do, to mind you, to be obedient. To you, And it means so much to God. Do you realize that of all the Ten Commandments, there is only one that's got a special promise, and it's this one about obedience to parents, and that God says, if it's well with you, you may live long on the earth. God promises long life again to those children who learn obedience, that they obey. And oh, as a Christian mother, you aren't going to tell your children to do something wrong. But God says, this is the way I want you to train them. I want you to train them that they do what you tell them to do because you told them to do it. And what happens when you put holy grooves on the souls of your children, when you build an early habit, when it becomes a second nature that your children obey you and they do what you tell them to do because you told them to do it, that they mind you, you are putting grooves, holy grooves, on their souls that it becomes second nature in their lives as they grow up to be obedient to authority, to have a power that will hold them in good stead in the time of danger and especially in the time of temptation. Oh, you're building habits, Christian mothers. And as William James, the great philosopher, said, habit is ten times nature. You are building grooves in the souls of your children that it's second nature to obey. Then you have a child when he grows up who obeys you. He comes to Sunday school and he obeys his teacher. He obeys again the church. He goes to school. He obeys his government. He obeys laws because 
He is God's child. You have built into his life, into his warp and woof. You have put holy grooves on his soul to be obedient. And oh, what it means when there is an obedient child who is obedient because you taught it. And there is a habit. It's second nature. What a protection it is in danger to have right habits. I think of a man who lived with the railroad tracks. And there were just any number of sets of tracks where he lived, but he always took his morning walk. But when he started in the morning, he would always see to it that he never walked between a set of tracks in the middle, but he would always start out alongside of a set of tracks. And one day as he was walking along, deep in thought, not thinking of anything, here he looked up and here was a train coming again just as fast as it could toward him and he looked to the back and here was one coming from the rear in a moment he said, where am I? Am I walking in the middle of a set of tracks or am I alongside? But he said to himself, I've always had this habit when I started of never walking in the middle of a set of tracks but on the side. So he said, I'll stand still. And he stood still. And the train whizzed by on one side and on the other. And he stood there unscathed and unhurt because there was a habit. He always started out and made sure that he wasn't walking in the middle of a set of tracks. How about habit? If you and I didn't have habits written on our souls by our mothers, as regards authority, what would we do in the day of temptation? When temptation comes and your child has holy grooves on his soul in authority, when temptation comes, there is a habit of saying, this is second, this is wrong. When I was in Egypt and I thought of Joseph living down there in Egypt, in Potiphar's house when she tempted him daily and tempted him to be immoral. How does it come that Joseph could say, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Why? Because he had a good mother. Rachel, as long as she lived, she did a swell job. She put some holy grooves in that boy's mind and on his heart. There was a habit. It was second nature to obey God. He had a mother, Rachel, that taught him. And he never forgot it. In the day of temptation, there it was. And that's why today, as you and I look out on our world, and God calls to you Christian mothers and he says, train up your children in the way in which they should go. And you may say, oh, What's the use, God? Doesn't do any good. What does it accomplish? I don't see any benefit. You may look out and God would call to you and say, Oh, yes, it does. You're building habits, early habits. You're making it second nature in your children. You're making it again, just as natural as breathing. And therefore, you ought to determine when you say, God, I'm going to keep on doing what I'm doing. I'm going to keep on teaching. I'm going to keep on instructing. I'm going to keep on telling them. And I'm going to keep it up. And I'm going to keep it up. And then you will determine this. You will determine to set a good example. Yourselves. I don't think you and I ever thought that we'd live to see the day that over 200 colleges in our country were closed. I never did. You and I are saying, who are these boys and girls? Speaking as a nation, they're our boys and girls. You and I say, what's happened? You go up to Kent State and you and I say, God forbid that it happened, didn't it? When we were in Europe and the Holy Land, any little thing that happened in this country was front page all over the world. And you can rest assured that the picture of the one 
college boy lying on the ground dead and a girl standing there in horror, well, that'll go around the world. All nations will see it. You and I, you say, what's wrong in this country that you and I love? What's wrong with authority? What kind of an example have you and I set in our home? You Christian mothers, again, you're God's proxy. What kind of an example have you been in authority? Oh, the right of protest, to be sure we have it. To be sure, but when the right of protest becomes violent, when our children say we can destroy and we can burn and we can do anything we want, then you and I say, what about the right of protest? Are we headed for revolution? I was glad to hear the president say the other night, no, but I wonder. I stood right outside of this church the other afternoon and a man here in town who is spending his life in his vocation of dealing with children, he stood and again with fear and trepidation he said to me, what are we coming to? And then he pointed to the church and he said, Reverend Allenson, there's the only answer. Right there, and I agreed. Christ is the only answer. That's the Listen, you Christian mothers, you can say, what's the answer? It's Jesus Christ. Respect for law and respect for order. There are those, again, in this country who would destroy this nation. There are those who have made up their minds that they are going to, by fear and trepidation and fire, destroy this land. But I've been in 18 countries in the world. May I say to you, when you've been gone and you've come back, with all of her faults and with all of her frailties, you get down on your knees and you thank God for America. This is the best in the world. And with her flaws, they can be righted. But listen, Christian mothers, keep on. You may say, what can I do? This is what you can do. Keep on training and bringing up your children in the way. God says it does do some good. It does be an example in authority in the home. God speaks to you, Christian mothers, today in America it's sick today, isn't it? You may say, and we are too. We're frustrated. And God says, keep on training your children, will you? Keep on training them in the way. And you may say, well, God, what good does it do? I'm trying. And God says, but I promise you that it does some good. That when your children grow up, they won't turn their backs on the way. And you may say, can I trust it in God? And the third place would remind you of this, Christian mothers. Uh, that training them in the way it also means this, but training them in this way to have love for others. You may say, what is the way in which I ought to train my kids? Jesus put it this way one day, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind, and then thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And all things whatsoever ye would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them. God says, will you train your children to love others? Will you train them to love others as they love themselves? Will you train them to see that every human being is precious in the sight of God? 
regardless of the man's color, regardless of his skin, regardless of his national origin, regardless of his social status, regardless of his financial standing, will you teach your children that again they are to love all individuals because every man is important in the sight of God. And what happens? When Christian mothers, you keep it up and you tell them and you train them and you indoctrinate them, you begin to put holy grooves on their souls. You are building an early habit. And this habit that becomes second nature is a habit of them. And because it becomes just as natural as breathing, when they grow up, what happens? There is in their lives this habit of showing love and concern in action for every human being. You show me a problem in this nation this morning that can't be solved when you and I love one another, when our children grow up to love one another as children of God. But when we say to ourselves, we're not going to be selfish, we're not going to hoard everything for ourselves, we're going to live and let live, we're going to see that every man has a decent income. We're going to see that every man is fed. Every man has the right again to a decent home and to a decent living. Jesus went about doing good, didn't he? He was the one that says, inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these, my brethren, he said, when you see a hungry man, give him something to eat. When you see a thirsty man, give him something to drink. When you see a man without clothes, give him some of yours. And when you see a stranger, take him in. When you see a sick man, he says, go see him. When you see a man in prison, go comfort him. He had a good mother too, didn't he? Mary trained him, this little boy Jesus. She trained him that he loved all men. Because all men are creatures of God. May I assure you, therefore, this is the promise of God when it becomes second nature just as natural as breathing in your children because you have put holy grooves, you have put holy marks on their souls, habit. And then when they grow up, they aren't likely to turn away. But you may say, but suppose that in spite of everything you do, they do turn away. Oh, the Word of God doesn't give the absolute promise oh, that when you mothers train them up in the way in which they ought to go, that there will be no exception because the Word of God also says that every child has a will of his own. You and I can determine. We are personalities and every child has a will that he can determine for Christ or against him. And the Word of God would remind you, Christian mothers, that in order to win the will of your child, you'll never win it by force. There's only one way to win your child's will. That is by love. How long has it been since you kissed your child? How long has it been since you put your arms around your child and you said, I love you? How long has it been since love has manifested itself? in your home. You'll never win the child by force. Convince a man against his will, he is of the same opinion still, goes an old psalm. That's true with children. How are you going to win that child? How are you going to bring him over on your side? Winning him for Christ, for obedience, for love for all men? There's only one answer. 
And that's love. I think of the wealthy woman that went to an orphanage one day. She wanted to adopt a child because the home was childless. A little lad, about five, was brought before her, a smart-looking little boy. She looked at him and she said to him, how would you like to live at my home? He looked at her and she said, oh, I have a beautiful home. And if you come to live at my home where we have no children, I'll give you your own little private room. We have a large lawn. You can go out and play and we'll get you a pony. We'll get you a bicycle. And when school's out, we'll take short trips. And in the summer, we'll get on a boat and we'll go to Europe. Oh, how would you like to live at my house? The lad looked up at him and he had tears in his eyes. and said, but will you love me? Will you love me? Are your kids saying to you today, will you love me? Do you love me? Or do you rule like a tyrant? If you love them, the greatest chance in the world, they'll never turn their back on Jesus Christ. Christian mothers, don't forget to love them when you spank them. There was a mother, her name was Monica. She had a boy and she did everything in God's world in rearing him. But he went out and he lived for the world. But she had loved and in spite of it all there was disappointment. But she prayed for 40 years that that boy would come back because she had put grooves on his soul and on his heart and mind. And she trusted God's promise that he would come back. But after 40 years, he came back. You and I know him. His name was Augustine. We know him in the Christian church as St. Augustine. Came back and became a great pillar in the Christian church. The man who said, A soul is restless until it finds rest in thee. O Christ, don't give up. Don't give up, Christian mothers. When you have trained, you've kept it up and you've done it in love. Keep on praying. This is the answer. This is the answer God gives it for America today. But yours may be the joy of when you are in heaven to have your kids with you. And oh, if one happens to go ahead of your going, Oh, how you long to be in heaven with your child. And you can long and you can look forward and say, I'm going to play my role well. I'm going to train them. I'm going to keep it up and I'm going to trust God's promise. And I'm going to love. And then you can walk the glory road today. And you can pray to God, bless this house, O oh Lord, today. Make it safe by Night and day, play your role. Christian mothers, may this be a happy, a blessed Mother's Day. Amen. The peace of God which passeth all human understanding, keep and unite your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting.